Local Matters brings you incredible stories about Indiana-owned businesses making a positive impact in Indiana and the entrepreneurs leading the way. I'm Mel McMahon, and today we'll get the story of how Christina Mazza started Hoagies and Hops. We'll talk about the challenges and the successes along the way and why supporting local businesses really matters. You're listening to Local Matters, brought to you by Indiana-owned, distributed by the All Indiana Podcast Network. Find local at indianaowned.com. Christina Mazza, Hoagies and Hops, thank you so much for being our guest today on Local Matters. Thank you for having me. It is so good to see you. I always love when you're in the shop because that's just an extra treat. I mean, the food is amazing, (laughs) but your personality is great too. Thank you. For those that have not had the privilege of going to Hoagies and Hops, tell them what it is. All right. So I was born and raised out in Southeast PA, Pottstown, Pennsylvania to be exact. Um, I moved out here in 07 uh, after I graduated from Penn State. My uh, parents had moved here a little bit before that. Um, We'd come out here to visit and really enjoyed Indianapolis. So my husband and I decided to move. Um, I ran a small local group of restaurants here in the city. And after running five of them, figured, you know, I think I could do this on my own. And I also missed all the food. You know, I had my family, you know, bringing food out that I missed, or we'd go back out, we'd bring food back with us. We'd have friendship stuff to us. So um, decided it was time to try my own little thing. And Hoagies and Hops, my original plan was to do Hoagies with takeout takeout bottles and cans of craft beer. But I actually had a friend that used to own Flat 12 um, back in 2015 say, hey, we're looking for something that's going to actually be consistent here all the time, make it more of a destination. And um, so my husband, who builds restaurants and breweries for a living, hooked me up with a small little kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom, along with a couple other friends and regulars from a couple of the restaurants that I ran, helped me, you know, here and there, just uh, helped me get the hoagies out the door. But um, after a couple of years of being there, I just needed to expand, you know, catering exploded a bit more. I needed a bigger kitchen. So that's when I started looking around with Chili Water, uh, Chili Water Brewing, um, who brews downtown, has fantastic beer. We decided to kind of partner and look for a location, and we lucked out with Butler Tarkington neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely love it. Um, first of all, just being a small independent business is just so much fun for me, and I think for my staff as well. It just gives more freedom for creativity. Um, you get to be, you know, you get to gain more relationships and get closer with your with your customers. So you mentioned earlier missing the food. You know, Indiana is known for our tenderloins, right? It's our version of German schnitzel. And you go, um, you know, somewhere else they have, you know, they're known for this, they're known for that. And where you're from, you know, they're known for their hoagies, right? Yes. But how do you do an authentic hoagie here? Okay. Number one ingredient, the rolls are shipped in from South Jersey. Uh, Lissio's is the bakery that I use. It's not easy. It takes me about three weeks from the time we have to order it to get it in. Um... The cold cuts are from Philly and also the PA Dutch country. But the main Italian hoagie, which is what I miss more than any sandwich and why I opened, um, consists of the roll. It has house oil that I make, um, thin slices of prosciutto, capicola, salami, ham, topped Mm. with lettuce, tomato, and very thin slices of onion, topped again with some more oil. Obviously, some provolone cheese is in that mix, Mm -hmm. too. Um, So that is my all-time favorite. And that's... You know, the myth of the hoagie kind of starts from the Hog Island, which is actually the name of that hoagie on my menu. Uh, Hog Island is actually the island where Philly Airport sits. Um, It used to be back in World War I, a shipyard 
where a lot of the Italians would go work um, during World War One to work on these ships and bring it large rolls with all their Italian meats. And it just became known as, you know, hoggy. And I think with the uh, accent and how they spoke, it just slowly started. They added the A mm-hmm. to the hoagies. And, and that's just kind of where that comes from. That That's actually one of the main myths. And getting the bread shipped in, I mean, that's really important, right? Because the you can't make that bread here. Correct. Yeah, it, you know, what they say, it all has to do with the water and the minerals that are from that area. Just like, you know, you go in the pizza place in New York, you can smell the difference when you walk mm-hmm. into the shops. Just the same with the bakeries out there. You can smell a difference when you walk in. Real quick, can we talk about the pepper things that you make? The pepper sheeters? Yes, and I'm so glad they just come in like singles because if you gave me a jar of those, I would eat the whole thing in one sitting. I actually have a regular that for the longest time, like about once a like every Saturday or every Sunday, he'd come and just get 48 of them. Can I order them like by the pint, by the court? Could we do that? Maybe a catering tray? Yeah. Oh, people do it on a regular. Yeah. And they look great on a platter too. But yeah, the pepper shooters, um, they basically, the idea came from the Italian district in Philly where a lot of uh, long Italian long hot spicy peppers or even spicy cherry peppers were hollowed out and stuff with prosciutto provolone, um, usually with a little bit of balsamic with it. I just fell in love with the pepidou peppers, um, which happened to be right before I opened. So I was like, oh, I love these. These are just sweet, the slight mm-hmm. little kick. Um, a good texture, too. Great like they're texture. not gummy or anything. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we even chop up those peppers and we throw them on a few of the hoagies that mm-hmm. we have. So they're so good. But yeah, people come, you can come and get two for dollar and change and yeah you just shoot them how did you come up with the menu i mean is it just your favorites did you have input from friends and family where did i mean it was really where did it come from for the most part all me i mean every hoagie i came up with now there's family recipes included um there's one the tuna salad which Mm -hmm. i call the shipyard of course um that is my mom's recipe um it's more of an italian style tuna salad Mm -hmm. it's delicious it's what i snack on almost every day um the lancaster which is one that's a creamy cucumber dill salad, which is actually my brother's recipe. Um, But, uh, you know, there's definitely even a lot of my sides, my Nan's potato salad, my other Nan's, you know, like coleslaw. There's Mm -hmm. there's so many different. Um, But yes, all the names of them, whether it's Brotherly Love, the Zerns, which is actually the name of the farmer's market my dad used to cook cheesesteaks at, you know, and a lot of people from that area will know it. Um, There's also one called the Brotherly Love and the Keystone. Mm -hmm. Um, Even my salads, I have a Mount Nittany with the tuna on top. And yeah, everything is very personal. There's uh, on the cheesesteak side of things, um, there is one called the very best. So a lot of people come in and are like, oh, I need the very best. It's got to be. I said, well, the very best is actually named after a cheesesteak hoagie shop and hot dog place in our hometown. My husband uh, loved this sauce that they made, which was basically a Heinz ketchup based sauce, Mm -hmm. spiced up Italian seasonings. And so he's always made it for me. So it was one of those things I Uh, needed to have that on the menu. Um, Yeah, even have one called the Little Litz, which is named, which is our vegetarian option, Mm -hmm. has broccoli rob, which is very popular out on the East Coast. Um, That one, Little Litz, it's actually named after Little Italy's, which is a pizzeria I grew up going to Mm -hmm. in our hometown. So people who are from there that see me post things, they they laugh when I see these names. Can you tell me about the cheese whiz? Yeah, sure. Because I feel like that throws people off if they're not familiar and they just want, and they're like, really? Cheese whiz? Every time I'm in line, I hear someone ask about that. They're like, whiz? What's that? Or are you kidding me? And I usually have to explain that they made it into a sauce. So I'm not 
not taking the can and and <laughs> do you know like you put it on the cracker? Are you sure? Are you sure? God, can you imagine? Um, so it's definitely a sauce that we drizzle on, and it became popular. Um, you know, Pat's King of Steaks was the one that started with the cheese steaks, but they started with a little hot dog stand, and they started with provolone actually. You know, and provolone was the number one, and then Whiz was quickly introduced, and then a white American cheese was the next one. Sharp provolone also, which is an aged cheese, came in a little bit later. Um, but the Whiz, you know, I have actually had people say when they've actually tried it that it's changed their lives. And I've had that. And they've that is no lie. That's been a quote yeah. from at least a handful of people. And yeah. it's so funny. So I tell people, if you're not scared about it, just, just go. I mean, yeah, it's a little saltier, you know, mm-hmm. but it's definitely cheesy. It's messy and delicious. So if you're not scared, just take it. Try it. Love it. I mean, um, if you're on a first date and you order that and you get through it, might be a keeper. I think so. Right. You got it all. All over your face, and I mean that's that's a proud moment. <laughs> that's a good measuring stick, <laughs> yes, right there. It is. And did you always dream of owning a restaurant, or what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, this is a funny story. Considering um, never wanted to be involved with restaurants. Um, now, I grew up with my family always going to Atlantic City, so. You know, going to AC, hanging out on the boardwalk, going into these casinos. I really, when I was in high school, um, you know, it was probably 14, 15, when I really started being like, yeah, I would love to own one of these someday. Own a casino? So I wanted to own a casino. I mean, I'd walk into the Taj Mahal or, mm-hmm. you know, a showboat and be like, oh, I can't wait. Um, so even when I was in high school, I would take a study hall and I came up with a, it was called the Oceanfront Goldmine Casino Hotel. And I was going to lobby to have gambling in Myrtle beach there you I was go. gonna open a oh I did the whole thing I actually had a little floppy disk and uh, and so that was kind of my main goal I actually before I went to Penn State I, I had been accepted to Penn State and a few others but East Stroudsburg, which was in the Poconos and PA, actually had casino management. And um, I decided to go there because of that. So I was there for about two years. And then I had a lot of my friends go to Penn State. My brother had went there, too. And I was ready for a bigger school. Mm-hmm. Some more things happening. Yeah. So I, I left and went there. And then that's when I focused more on the restaurant and hotel side of things. So still hospitality. I still, I stayed in the hospitality no matter what. And um, I needed credits for school. So everyone's going to find this hilarious that my friend at the time was also working at Jimmy John's. It was the only Jimmy John's in Pennsylvania okay. was on the main drag right across from campus. So I worked there and um, part-time for credits for school as well. Mm-hmm. And after I graduated, they hired me as a GM for their second location on State at State College. So I did that. Never thought I'd be running a sandwich shop, but, you know, and never knew I'd be back out here in the Midwest where Jimmy John started. Right. But it is kind of funny to, like, think about it. And granted, you know, nothing against the chains, but my hoagies are a hell of a lot better. <laughs> um, so, but yeah. And so I, that's kind of how I got into the restaurant business. So you managed restaurants for other people for quite a while. I did. Even what in was it Westbrook. like to take that leap to opening your own? I mean, we hear horror stories about opening restaurants all the time. TV shows are built around horror stories of restaurants. Yeah. But you went for it. I did go for it. And I, I think I felt that, you know, I ran, you know, I, I ran, I'd say, you know, it was, it was two restaurants in a banquet hall in Pennsylvania after Jimmy John's. And then mm-hmm. when I moved out here, slowly moving up, I felt like I, I felt comfortable enough um, where I felt like I knew the lay of the land. 
you know, I had met a lot of people in the industry, met a lot of people here that I felt I could have that assistance. You know, when I worked for Lux, it was great. You know, mm-hmm. I got a lot of information from Rick Lux himself, um, you know, from his accountants. Just I, I was able to really learn a lot working for this group. And I felt like I had the knowledge to do it. And there's one thing about me is I like to start small, slow. You know, when I went in, I did not promote that I was ready until I, you know, I told Flat 12, you know, it's, even when I opened up uh, Boulevard, I wanted to start slow. So, um, uh, you know, I, it definitely was a big leap. The, getting the loans and all that was probably the hardest part, mm-hmm. you know, and th- they make it sound like it's a little bit easier to get loans. It's not. Mm-hmm. So that, that was definitely the hardest part. Once I got in there, I was fine and I felt comfortable. And I started with hoagies first and I didn't even add cheesesteaks until the December of the following year. Um, everyone would come in because everybody here in Midwest likes a hot sandwich. Mm-hmm. So it was hard to get people to understand. But they'd walk in and be like, hey, we're the Phillies. And I'm like, should I have Mike Schmidt in the team behind me? Because I don't know what Phillies are. What I know what cheesesteaks are, yeah. you know, but it was that was something new to yeah. me. Um but, you know, there was definitely, yeah, it was definitely learning, but I felt like I knew the background of operations and marketing, which I feel you need to really invest in marketing when you first get going. I mean, that's got to be your main mm-hmm. your main deal is get your name out there and, you know, do things like this, you know, to really get involved. You've been a member for quite a while now. Yes. How long have you officially been open? I've been open since 20, October of 2015. So it's wow. probably been the end of 2016 or early 2017. Whenever you started. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. Restaurants are tough. Yeah. Very unpredictable, especially with everything that we've been through. What motivates you to keep going? Um, the fact that everyone loves a good hoagie. You know, and I mean, every day when I'm there, I will meet somebody new that either has never tried a real cheesesteak before um, or is from out east and it's their first time. And I just love it when I love it when the customers come in that are from out there that have never been here before and they are decked out head to toe. You saw oh, it last week. Yeah. But, you know, the very first time they come and then their whole family's decked out all in Penn State or they're all wearing Eagles gear. And it's just because they have that pride and they're coming in and they finally found a place that says, you know, and they can look around and, and see how it screams You're Philly like and Penn haven. State. It really is. It is. And I really do meet people just daily that are from out there. And it's that is what keeps my drive going. And I and I have a great staff. And granted, there's definitely a lot of training to get, you know, because it's funny when the customers start talking. I hear them talking to some of my guys at the register and like they're from Pennsylvania Mm -hmm. or something. And, you know, so that's I always find that really cute. Um, You know how they how the customers will talk to them like, oh, yeah, well, I'm from this town and. You have the biggest smile on your face right now. Your eyes yeah. are just lit up. But serious, this is why I do what I do. It's because, I love it. and I mean, honestly, I didn't get it. I didn't become a, a restaurant owner to become a millionaire by all means. <laughs> but, but to really, you know, and even it, it's been a struggle. It, it's even hard to to make money in this business. So, but it's really I enjoy what I'm doing. Coming up, the challenges and successes Christina has had along the way and what she wants you to know about starting your own business. This is Local Matters. 
Local Matters is brought to you by IndianaOwned.com, where you'll find our members that are business owners who want you to know that they live here, work here, and play here. They're the business owners donating food to shelters, sponsoring the Little League teams, and employing hundreds of thousands of people in our state. Every business on IndianaOwned.com falls into one of two categories. They're either an original, meaning the company is Indiana-owned and operated, headquartered here, and not part of an out-of-state chain, or they are a franchise friend, meaning the franchise is Indiana-owned and operated, the owner lives here in Indiana, and is engaged in our community. When you see the Indiana-owned badge, you know you are supporting a local business. And we like to make shopping simple for you as well at our sister company, Indiana.Gifts. Every product you see on there from the coffee mug to the scarf to the candle is made by an Indiana-owned company. Take your picks, send a gift to yourself or send it to a friend and know that you are supporting local along the way. And we want to thank you for supporting local too. Use the discount code LOVELOCAL at checkout and we'll give you 10% off just to say thank you. We've been chatting with Christina Mazza of Hoagies and Hops who started her business in October of 2015. Christina, what has been the hardest part about being a business owner? I say the... The hardest was definitely the challenge we had in 2020. Um, you know, when it comes to price increases, which the pandemic has, mm-hmm. you know, things have shifted that way. Um, the, you know, wages, which completely get, but obviously those are things that everything started to increase all at the same time. Um, you know, and I want to, that is definitely my, our biggest struggle is to keep up with that and not knowing whether or not you want to increase your prices, which unfortunately with my business, because a lot of my ingredients are sourced mm-hmm. specifically from specific spots out in Pennsylvania and Jersey, it's already higher for a higher cost for me. So it's definitely been challenging just trying to figure out what that median is, you know, like what that fine line is that I will not deter customers from coming in for an awesome product that I do give um, and make sure that they're understanding and making sure my client, my, my employees are relaying that same message to these customers that this is not your chain restaurant. This is a very small independent place that gets things sourced in personally um, that, you know, is, is, you know, has a smaller profit margin in general and, you know, wants to be able to provide you with this unique experience that you will not get anywhere else in the state of Indiana. Um, So it's definitely, that's been the struggle, the hardest struggle I have faced. Um, You know, I, I feel like, you know, getting, getting my name out there. I've had a lot of people that, have fell in love with my restaurant, which I love, and people who are from out there who've helped me spread the love of the hoagie um, to other people around the city. So that hasn't been as much of a struggle. Um, You know, staffing, hiring people, there was definitely a huge... um, problem with that last year I I was very I was kind of I was probably the most discouraged I had ever been when I usually have 10 employees 10 to 12 and I had five to six including myself but the business was the same or more Mm -hmm. so I wasn't going to complain about business but we were certainly killing ourselves yeah yeah, working a lot of hours is Um, there anything you would do differently in your business when you started it knowing what you know now Honestly, I don't think so. I feel really good about how things have turned out. I was very fortunate to stay afloat, but 
one thing I had mentioned earlier is that I like to start like when I when I opened, I did not blast it out there. I feel like there's time to get your name out there. I've seen too many restaurants and too many businesses say, oh, we're opening with this grand opening and have all this huge stuff and have everyone come into the door. But the way social media is and marketing is right now, you got to be really careful. I mean, you'll get a few bad reviews and it really could hurt you. And I just think starting out slow, small, doing it right, the money will come later if that's what your goal is. Yeah, making you know? those little mistakes along the way instead of really big exactly, ones. Exactly, and having a really big one right away. And yeah, like I said, I, I've seen that happen to too many, and it was all about just starting slow and making sure everybody on the team was comfortable and on the same page before blowing it up. But yeah, it's been, I've been very fortunate. Well, one of the things I love about your restaurant, besides the food and the atmosphere, is how much you give back. I feel like you're always raising money for a different cause. You have the hoagie contest, which I have been very fortunate to not only be on, but I've now (laughs) moved on to a judge, so I don't have to ingest 18 inches of a hoagie (laughs) in four minutes or less. But talk about that. Why is that important to you? You know, and I've I've always done it. You know, I, I... did it before at Lux. We did. We held different fundraisers, but um, I I felt you know even when I went in the flat twelve on the Near East side, I really just wanted to grow with the community, and to me, I feel like that's the best way to do it. And kindness goes a long way. I feel like what goes around comes around, and um, I, I've done a lot. And I was able you know once Chili Water and I you know teamed up, you know they were right there with me to you know, also donate and be a part of these fundraisers. So um, National Cheesesteak Day, I always give back. And that happens to be March 24th. So coming up here soon. And the MLK Community Center is who I've been raising money for, which this coming one will be, gosh, this will be the fourth time, I guess. Even though I'm going on three years, this will be the fourth one, I guess. So, um so, yeah, we donate every year to them. Uh, the, the Hoagie Contest, as you mentioned, we raise money for Hoosier Veterans. I've been doing that since I opened. Yeah. And that's always so much fun. I just um, wore the T-shirt the other day. Yeah, I love it. I love <laughs> it. And, uh, and then we got, you know, multiple myeloma. It's cancer that my grandmother had passed away from. But Riley Hospital has a research team, which I did not know of until I opened, um, specifically for multiple myeloma. So her potato salad sales, that her recipe, I donate every October. Um, just yesterday, we held a fundraiser for St. Thomas School, which is in our neighborhood. We do a lot tomorrow. Um, our our uh, anniversary on Boulevard, our three years, actually had couldn't do because of the snow last week. Mm-hmm. So we moved it to tomorrow. So we're donating again a dime to donate. We do things with the Damien Center. Keep Indy beautiful. I mean, I... In the summertime, I make dog treats and we donate on a monthly basis and maybe different shelters around the city. So, yeah, there's just about a fundraiser at least every month. I I do work with St. Thomas Schools and Immaculate Heart. You know, I I give them a discounted hoagie um, and I feed them on Tuesdays or Wednesdays so they can raise money. And I love that because when I grew up, I love the fact that kids love my hoagies. Like I get it from parents that, oh, where do you want to go for your birthday? Let's go to Hoagies and Hops. Mm -hmm. Um, But I grew up selling hoagies for sporting events and for Girl Scouts rather than bake sales, you know? So it's definitely being in a neighborhood too. I, you know, having that little neighborhood feel where the kids are now growing up coming to my corner store to get a hot dog or fries while they're waiting for so-and-so to pick them up or, I mean, that's what I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
what would you tell others that want to start their own business? What do you want them to know? Um, I would definitely do research when it comes to your loans. Like I mentioned before, it's difficult. So definitely do a lot of re- lot of research and make sure you do have your business plan um, set. Make sure marketing is at the top of that list. Um, and, and look around. There's so much with social media and say with local, you know, with Indiana owned. It's it's an inexpensive membership that gets you a lot and even more than what you pay for with, you know, having networking events and being able to promote on their websites. Um, you know, it's uh, it's definitely take your time and don't rush into it. It's definitely a harder market now than it ever was in every industry, whether it's staffing um, or just getting product and getting supply, depending on what industry you're in, because it's all kind of a domino effect. <laughs> so um, I definitely say go for it, but just make sure you do your your research now and um, and don't don't just jump right away and think that you're off and, and plan that you're not going to be making a ton of money right in the beginning, or you might have a great grand opening, but just expect that you're going to have, there's going to be ups and downs Mm -hmm. and try not to let those downs discourage you. Um, because yes, there's obviously ups and downs in the restaurant business all the time. Yeah. Usually at this time of the year, it could be in the same hour. Yep. Oh, Oh. hour started great. And now we're down here. Now we're going back up and now we're open time for the next hour. Yep. Like I just saw a post from a guy who's actually has a company around here that said, you know, one week it's 3000 next week it's 300. But you, you have to know that those ups are going to outweigh. And then also, and what I try to do is those slower times, I try to utilize that time to start refocusing on marketing and what do I need to adjust or, or maybe use that time to look back at your books and see where you can adjust even pricing and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, just try not to get discouraged. Why does supporting local and being known as an Indiana owned member matter to you? Um, you know, Community and local, I feel, all come together as one. Um, I think just supporting each other, um, you know, and finding ways to just give each other that unique experience to to be there at your shop and be able to meet people that are in your community and build those relationships. And I, I think it just, it really, it just all comes together. Um you know, people that are out there supporting and looking for, you know, being an Indiana-owned member, you know, you know people are going there specifically to research Indiana small businesses. And there's a lot of people out there to support. And, you know, just being a part of this group, it just allows a lot of those others to find us that maybe thought that I was a chain too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had a lot of customers say, you know, they'll be like, oh, do you have others? Are you a chain? Are you from, do you have one of these in Pennsylvania? I mean, I have a great logo. Thank you to my, <laughs> my artist way back <laughs> it's when. It's beautiful. And because it does have a nice sharp look to it. And so I've had to try to get people to understand that, no, this is just, this is me. So when they meet me and I, I'm like, oh, well, I'm the owner. So this is my favorite hoagie. And I point out to the man, you're like, wait a minute, you're the owner. It, it's just, it feels really good to be notif- noticed as a small local business in Indiana. Christina, besides IndianaOwned.com, where can we find out more about you and how can we support your business? Well, definitely hoagiesandhops.com. You can get all the information about my catering menu because I do a lot of that. Um, you can also see things um, you know, about me on there too. And there's other videos. You can see our full menu. Um, 
But yeah, you can follow us on Facebook and on Instagram at Hoagies and Hops as well. And what corner are you on? We are on 42nd and Boulevard. So we are a few blocks north of 38th Street, a few blocks south of Hinkle Field House and Clues Hall. So it's uh, 42nd and Boulevard. It's a great little neighborhood. Um, there's also a few other businesses there, barbershop. We got B. Bella, who's a fantastic. Um, she does all her own oils and scents and everything and perfumes. I go there for lotions for all my friends at Christmas and other times. And then we also have the St. Vincent de Paul food pantry right across the way, too, that we do a lot of things with. And we do a can drive and a Santa can drive every December for. Well, Christina, I want to say that, you know, moving to that location, I know, is a big risk for you. But you being there, I feel, has made that neighborhood better. It's an asset. And to see those businesses come up as well, you know, I feel like every time I go there, I see a new window decoration, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's just such a a great little neighborhood. You know, it reminds me of going to Milwaukee or going to Chicago, right? Like that's kind of what I knew uh, a city to be growing up. And you've definitely just added so much to it. Yeah. Like even like right next door to me, curly coils, Mm -hmm. like you can get your hair done and you can also bring your pets. So like curly coils is curly hair. And then right next to it, Butler dog groomer. I mean, we're all just, they all support me as well. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, I was out there shoveling and they're like, Oh, can I help? No, you guys send people to my shop all the time. I don't have curly hair, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, it's, it's it's, it's it's a community thing. Yeah. Christina Mazza, thank you so much for being our guest today on Local Matters. And thank you for doing your part to create healthier, stronger communities and more jobs in Indiana. Thank you for having me, as always. And thank you for listening to Local Matters, made possible by Indiana Owned and Indiana.Gifts. It's an honor to bring you incredible stories about Indiana-owned businesses making a positive impact in Indiana and the entrepreneurs leading the way. Learn more about why Local Matters at IndianaOwned.com. And if you're an Indiana business owner, join our community at IndianaOwned.com slash apply. I'm Mel McMahon. And until next time, keep supporting local. Thanks for listening to Local Matters, brought to you by Indiana Owned, distributed by the All Indiana Podcast Network. Find local now at indianaowned.com.